0: Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino, and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking. I'm trying to record a podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Angela Arglina with Your Natural Dog, and my guest today is Jessica Fisher, who is an awesome podcaster and a positive reinforcement dog trainer who just went through Dr. Ruth Roberts' pet health coaching program. So we're going to talk about that, her training, how knowing about food and diet helps with training and behavior, and everything that she learned in the program and how she now gets to apply it, not only to her clients, but to her own pet's health. So stay tuned. Hey, everybody. We're back with my special guest, Jessica Fisher, and we're talking about what is a holistic pet health coach. But before we do that, I want to talk about what you did before you became a holistic pet health coach. You were a positive reinforcement dog trainer, which I already love the sound of that. But tell us, listeners, what that is and why, when you became a trainer, why you chose this option.
1: Yeah, well, positive reinforcement, it just resonated with me. Uh, So as a dog trainer, there are many different types (laughs) of training methods out there. And I knew when I started out my journey, it was really interesting because it was actually feedback that I got from the audience, from people who are watching me on YouTube. And they were, I was doing a lot of work in animal rescue and they were like, you know, it'd be so much better if you could just keep these animals out of shelters. And that resonated, like that hit my heart so hard. And I was like, man, what can I do to keep animals out of shelters? And I was like, I'll just learn how to train dogs and then I'll fix the problem before it ever like escalates (laughs) to getting these animals in shelters. So I just dug deep and I watched and I learned and I did so much research and was very confused at first, like a lot of people I've noticed online are, because there are so many different methods of training. And it's like there's a lot of conflicting information. And what, you, what should you actually do? And the more I learned and the more I dug in, I just it, positive reinforcement resonated with me. I think primarily because I, my degree is in psychology, so it just makes sense. Like that's how mammals learn is through you do something that someone else wants you to do and you get rewarded for it. And so the brain starts rewiring to say, well, I really liked that reward. So I'm going to do that behavior more often to continue to get rewarded, whatever that reward is. And so that's kind of the path I went down and I just, I spent years actually practicing with my own dogs. And then I spent years training other people's dogs for free to learn, to figure it all out, to 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 find out what worked and what didn't work. And for me individually. And so, yeah, positive reinforcement was just what resonated with me. And I still do it some, but, I, you know, when, as I was going through and training Dogs and going into people's homes, I was teaching them about nutrition because it was what I was most passionate about. And I started seeing even better results in the behavior of these dogs by improving their nutrition than a lot of the other things we were doing. So I completely like that is the basis of the dog training I do in home with like people in my neighborhood. They're always, you know, calling me up, messaging me on Facebook. Hey, you're the dog trainer in our neighborhood. I need help. And it's always the first thing we do because it gets the most dramatic results. I
0: love that you say that because it makes so much sense. I had the same, I'm not a trainer, but, you know, I have seen, you know, especially over COVID at my groom shop, so many dogs come in with, we called it no manners. You know, they didn't even leave the house, much less go to get a groom, go be socialized, get be put on a leash, you know, nothing. So these dogs were out of control. So of course we went through a lot of our calm from CBD dog (laughs) health to calm them down, but I'm not a trainer. And it was like, I didn't even know where to begin to tell these people. But what I did know is that when we get a dog in boarding who was just couldn't settle down, couldn't listen, it reminded me of a hyperactive teenager. And often we would look at what they were feeding them. And it was a kibble. A lot of times it had corn syrup in it, sugar in it. So I literally would tell them, this is why your dog is so hyperactive and probably can't even pay attention while being trained. Because he's, you got to start with the gut. So I love that you say that. What are like some of the differences you saw when you were able to, you know, was there ever a case that was difficult and you were like, oh, here's the root of the problem. Let's change this. And now let's start getting through to the dog. Yeah,
1: you know, it, it's, it's a lot of calming. It's a lot of focus. So mostly what i found was just that the dog's, were in a state that when they were eating the highly processed, dry, rendered product, (laughs) they were, they couldn't focus. They were all over the place. And I mean, just like kids. Exactly. And when we get them on a fresh food diet, they are just so much calmer. They can focus, they can pay attention to you. And they may still have those like you know, maybe I'm, I'm only two and I'm still a puppy and I'm, you know, I want to do all these things and I'm used to doing all these things that maybe my, my parents don't love me doing, jumping up on the counter, all the things, but they can actually focus. You can say their name, you can give them a cue and they can actually pay attention to you. Uh, and that's really one of the biggest things because training a dog really isn't hard. It's all about just rewarding the behaviors you want them to do. And, uh, you know, a lot of like ignoring the, the bad behaviors and, and they start going away. It's really simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very simple. So when you just put all of these things in place for a pet parent, they are really, really simple to do. And everything just starts clicking. And people are like, wow, because I tell them, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not here to turn your dog into a robot. We are not going to have that dog that like sits in the corner and waits for your every move. Like, that's not who I am. I'm not doing that with your dog. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, when we can interact with our dog and create that bond to where they trust us and we trust them, like, that's beautiful. That's what we want, right? It
0: is. It is beautiful. And you're basically just like you, you know... Work with your kids and teach them things. They're a very important member of the family, and if you want them to be a good member of the family, you have to have the same patience. So, for those people that rescue dogs, because I don't think people understand that rescuing a dog, they've got they've already had some trauma. You know, how, we don't know why they ended up there. A lot of times, it's somebody gets a puppy, has no idea what to do and then surrenders them because they can't take it anymore. That's how I ended up with most of my rescues, is people actually dropping them off at the shop or leaving, abandoning, you know, putting them in boarding and then never picking them up again. And a lot of times it could be medical bills, but a lot of times it's behavioral, which is so easy to fix. So easy. And what I love is that you're talking about food first, What are we feeding them so that they are, you know, in this state where they can listen and pay attention? We also have to remember that they have to get used to their new home and new family. And I feel like people give up so early. Do you have any tips on, you know, how long or what people could do if they do have a rescue dog to make them more comfortable? Do they start the training right away? Do they let them get acclimated first and then start training?
1: I think it really depends on the dog and the temperament of the dog when you adopt them, because some dogs are going to just be terrified out of their minds and we want to give them space to realize that they, everything's good. Like they, they're safe. They're not going anywhere. (laughs) This is their new home, right? We're not shuffling them around from place to place to place. We want to give them time to kind of decompress. And then other dogs, you can bring them in your home and they're like, awesome. This is great. This is wonderful. But I have so much energy and I'm just bouncing off the walls because this is so wonderful. So I think we have to kind of like really evaluate the dog as an individual to kind of figure out how we want to move forward. So even with the dogs that we need to give them time to kind of decompress and realize that they're safe, that doesn't mean that we can't start training with them. I think we can just on kind of like a really like low key kind of
0: like know, routine.
1: Yeah. Providing them a routine, providing them structure also uh, with bonding. Like we can use food to help them come out of their shell. We can, or anything that they like and love I, with most dogs. They're very food motivated. Some, there are some dogs that may be more play motivated or uh toy motivated, but in general overall, like most dogs are very food motivated so I think it's a really cool experiment to have with a new dog coming into your home figuring out what I call their like hierarchy of value. What do they like? Try all these kinds of different things, different foods, different toys, different games if they're up for playing games with you, whether that's fetch or whatever it is, and figure out what their, you know, hierarchy of values are. And it's going to really start Bonding you and the dog and letting the dog know that they're safe and they're loved, and this is fun, and you know they can trust you, <laughs> so yeah, I think putting that like you said, the routine in place super, super important so that they know like this is this is their safe space that this is their family now, this they're part of the home, and it can really some for some of these dogs, it can take up to three months for them to completely feel like, okay. I'm safe, this is my home, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not being abandoned again, I'm not being carted off to another you know, shelter or foster home, whatever it may be. So yeah, giving them time. And one of the other things that I really like to tell people, and this kind of originated with me when I was working with my own reactive dog, is really having a sense of empathy for your dog. And I tell people specifically with reactive dogs, I say, stop saying reactive, start telling yourself, my dog is having a trauma response. And your whole physiology changes when you just make that simple shift of what terminology you use. So whatever you need to do to put into place, you know, empathy for this being that you've just brought into your home, that's, I think, one of the key things, because then we can really... Not put ourselves first, if that makes sense. Like, don't put your ego above the safety of the dog that you are rescuing and bringing into your home.
0: I think it's also important that three month period to keep in mind that your dogs that you already have kind of have to go through that that period also. I always make a joke at my house that my dogs are like, oh, this one's staying. So we might as (laughs) well get used to her and welcome her to the pack kind of thing. So I can't even imagine what it must be like to be a trainer like yourself and have your experience and then now become a holistic pet health coach and how that just has probably made you the most well-rounded and sought after trainer because of this reason. Because I know that program was really hard to go through because I went through it and it is (laughs) very difficult. Um, But we're going to talk about it when we come back, about you becoming a holistic pet coach when we come back.
1: If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs, whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing Naturally.
0: And we're back with Jessica Fisher, and we're talking about becoming a holistic pet coach which most of you are probably like, what the heck is that? Or you've probably heard of a human health coach, which is huge on the human side of things. And we're lucky enough to have Dr. Ruth Roberts, who has started a program for both pet parents, veterinarians, and vet techs to become holistic pet health coaches. And Jessica went through it. She is a graduate. I, How do you think this is, helped you to become a better trainer along with a coach because you literally, I feel like, have gotten such a well-rounded education.
1: It is. It was very robust, more than I expected going in, quite honestly. (laughs) You know, pleasantly surprised, right? Because you want somebody like me, of course, I want as much knowledge as I can get. And, you know, a couple of things I've noticed kind of going, still going into people's homes and doing the in-home dog training, I'm seeing things that I didn't see before in dogs. So like, for example, I don't know, a couple months ago, I went into somebody's home and their dog, the way they were laying with one, their front paw kind of out. I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder if they're having some pain or discomfort in that, in those joints and like just the way your dog sits or lays can really tell you a lot about the underlying physiology that you may not otherwise notice. And the pet parent, of course, was like, oh, I've never noticed that before. And I'm like, "Okay, well, maybe it's just something that happened today because you went on a long hike. I don't know. But let's keep an eye on that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Or even
0: like toxins in their home or you know, seeing a toy or the food or any type or I love when people feed really well, but then give like a milk bone treat or a <laughs> begin strip or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know I think I'm I've been pretty lucky. I, I consider myself very blessed that I have been able to take social media for the past decade and really kind of extract a lot of incredible information from a lot of different veterinarians that I have followed. And the reason I say that is because, you know, a lot of people just kind of take social media as like stress relief. I'm scrolling through watching cat videos. So like being able to take a lot of information from people part of that that toxins in the home has been part of my, a dog training routine for years. Thankfully, but I have learned more uh, through the holistic health health coaching program about really how it's affecting the planet, and there are so many more things to look for, and just the different systems of the body and how they're all impacted through toxins, through endocrine disruptors. Through I mean, there's just so much going on. I do have a much more well-rounded body of knowledge to provide to people and you know kind of shifting i i still do some dog training but shifting more to doing pet health coaching because that is something i can do online with people and so it's just a i can i can do more of it and make you know more use out of my time and help more people and their pets that way it's been really incredible i'm i'm thrilled to have had the program and thankful for dr ruth for putting it out there.
0: And what's so cool about Dr. Ruth is that she's not some conventional vet. She has been a holistic vet for over 30 years. So she's one of those veterinarians that got out of school and continued to teach and learn and educate herself. So she was one of the originals that were um, teaching you how to cook and feed your pet real food to learning about traditional Chinese medicine to of course learning about cannabis medicine and mushroom medicine and adaptogens. So Jessica probably knows more than most veterinarians getting out of school know because she was she got access to this education. And guess what, if there's anybody that really is interested in doing this for, you know, personal reasons, for me I wanted to know everything. I know a lot about You know plants and mushrooms, but to learn about Chinese medicine and everything that Ruth taught is amazing. These are things that you wish your veterinarian would tell you. And then if you want to learn more, you get to actually learn. How do you see yourself using it? Have you been able to implement it and had
1: any clients yet um, that you've been able to help? I have. And it's incredibly rewarding because as you were talking about the program that Dr. Ruth put together and being a holistic veterinarian, I think one of the biggest benefits of her program specifically is that she not only goes through, okay, this is a system of the body. This is what can go wrong in the system. This is what a traditional veterinarian would do. This is what I would do instead or maybe in addition to. And then you get that TCVM, the traditional Chinese veterinary medicine, part of it as well. It's so well-rounded and robust. And it just, you know, I know we talk a lot in the 2.0 pet space about having this toolbox to pull from. So it gives you so much to pull from, from your toolbox. And yeah, I've been able to, everything from, you know, a pet parent who got blood work back and their veterinarian was like kind of blew it off and didn't explain it to them. And I've gone through and been able to explain it to them. Like what is actually going on? What is this data telling you? Um, which was kind of funny because at the end of the day, it was like your kitty is dehydrated, <laughs> right? But- Wasn't it know, amazing? It's yes. amazing. I
0: don't think people understand when, because we do consultation, the same thing. And we would get every, all the paperwork, go through it, look at it and go, why are you getting those antibiotics? There's right. no bacterial infection. Well, just in case there was there was one to rule mm-hmm. it out. No. Now we've wrecked the gut. Mm-hmm. So it's like constantly asking, why were you giving that medication? And pet parents didn't even know why. Mm-hmm. Just the doctor prescribed it and they're getting it and they're like, but this medication is for this and your dog has no signs of this. So we have no idea why this was prescribed. Like this is happens constantly. So all if you time. are a pet parent who can't figure out your dog has a health issue and can't figure out what it is, and remember, conventional vets aren't taught about diet and nutrition, and they're not taught about the endocannabinoid system, which is the master system that controls all of the other systems. So how can they help you if it's something, if it's a deficiency in your endocannabinoid system, for instance? What are What is something that you learned that you were like, what? That's <laughs>
1: crazy! Or a couple things that you learned. Yeah, I think there were so many light bulb moments. My my favorite, honestly, was learning about the lab work. I'm a very like data driven person. I am very organized, and I like to see like all the boxes are checked. Results. And I have, yes. So learning how to interpret the data from any lab work. My brain was just like, "Yes, my heart was so happy and <laughs> that was that was fun the The section on the endocannabinoid system was it i mean it was intense <laughs> because there's so much there. I had a a lot there was a lot of information there. I think learning about all the different types of cancer and how, you know, they're not all treated the same and we don't recommend the same thing for every type of cancer. There were a lot of cases where it was, I, like, my heart was just breaking with some of the pictures of these animals that were suffering. Of course, I went into it knowing, like you just said, that veterinarians have very little uh, nutritional education and what they do get taught is, of course, funded by what we know as big candy companies. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it's just I think all around it 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 was an incredible experience to to get a glimpse. I, I will say one thing, it gave me a deeper appreciation of our veterinarians because I already love and very much admire our veterinarians because I think they are doing the absolute best they can with what they have in an already like really, really struggling system. Like they just don't have the time, the money, the energy, the resources. And it gave me a really, really incredible appreciation for like, I felt like this was just like the surface of what a veterinarian actually learns and has, has to know and absorb. And it, so that was one of the biggest like, wow, moments for me was I knew it, but I didn't know it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> right, right. So and pe- and you still have access to Dr. Ruth and to me, yes. of course, when it comes to cannabis and mushrooms. So if you do get a case or something special, you get to come back and talk with all of the coaches, us, Dr. Ruth. So literally, you have a team of people who want to figure out how to help your pet. And I think that's Amazing. Yeah, people don't understand that veterinarians aren't like, you know, specialized. They have to like know everything, you know, they don't, there aren't specialists that they, you know, like your general practitioner that goes, oh, yeah, go see that specialist. There's not always, not always that specialist there. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that shocked me was to know that every pharmaceutical is based on something found in nature. And that that kind of became my mission to go, OK, how do I find the, bi- the the original that nature provided? And let me see what happens when we use that instead of this pharmaceutical that's going to cause some sort of side effect. So I thought that was the coolest thing is to know that I could find it. I also loved her, her um, when to go to the ER vet. And, you know, people always ask me on a regular basis, who's your vet? Who's your vet? Especially, you know if they live near me. And I honestly go get blood work x-rays. And then I get on a phone call with Dr. Ruth, uh, you know, with one of my favorite holistic vets and go through everything because I'm empowered now like you are. And we, Absolutely. we know how to figure things out now. We know what to do. We know how to read things. And to me, that is the most beautiful thing.
1: It is. And it's like, when was the last time a veterinarian sat down and coached a patient on how to, or, you know, client on how to take their patient through a rotation and elimination diet because their allergies are just out of control, right? Instead yep. of just here, take Apoquel for the rest of, of their life, right? <laughs> Let's figure out the root cause of what's going on and how can we adjust to meet this animal's needs.
0: Right, and those listening, we can't just give them Apoquil for the rest of their life. It might be the easiest, most convenient thing, but it's not because it's going to get them sick. Whether it's already linked to cancer, it's literally in their pamphlet inside the drug that you never get that pamphlet that says it's lead leads to neoplasia, which is cancer. So that's why that's not an option. And finding the natural option is always the way. I'm um, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a long time. We were waiting for you to finish so that we could talk all about it because I knew you would be a perfect candidate for this program. How do people find you? You also have a podcast, which is fantastic and filled with, or you have two podcasts, Yeah, I think now. <laughs> um, how can people uh, follow you, listen to your podcast? And then
1: if they want to get you for a health coach, how do they contact you? Absolutely. So my podcast, my main podcast is the Pet Parenting Reset. And you can find it on any podcast app that you happen to be listening on. Um, I also am a co-host on Pet Health Junkies. That one's fun. It doesn't come out as often, but the wait is well worth it. <laughs> and if you are interested in booking a call with me to talk about potentially being part of your pet's healthcare team, I would love to do that. You can go to my website, jessicalfisher.com.
0: Awesome. And those of you that are veterinarians and vet techs who want to learn more about holistic medicine, especially about plant and mushroom medicine and Chinese traditional medicine, you can sign up for this program with Dr. Ruth Roberts. And if you were a pet parent, you can also sign up for the program and we'll have the link in our show notes. Jessica, it was awesome uh, having you on. And I think I get to see you this year. Are you gonna go to going to go to SuperZoo? Going to Zoo, and hopefully AHVMA. Awesome. I will see you at both. <laughs> that is awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com.
1: Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDpodcast at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.